Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy Experts. This is episode five. We've gone through all the positions except tight ends. This is the tight ends preview, and I'm here with Ganas. Ganas, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, there's something about that intro that just makes us sound hip. And then there's something about (laughs) saying hip that makes us sound unhip. (laughs) Well, Ganas shooting from the hip. So we're uh, talking about, <laughs> speaking of hips, tight ends. And, uh, you know, there's obviously some jokes in there, but I'm going to let it go. Uh, wow. Your personal viewpoint on tight ends. Guys, uh, how do you approach the position? <laughs> First, I did want to mention <laughs> that coming up later this, this episode, we have Jamie Eisenberg from CBSSports.com coming in. And he's a, a former coworker of, a, of both of us. It's going to be a nice little throwback to uh, about almost a decade ago. It'll be a decade ago next month that Jamie wow. was hired, I believe. Wow. Which, uh, Man, how long I didn't did you think work? about it that way? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. How long yeah. were you there? I was there 12 and a half years. Oh, so he's got two and a half years left to, until he catches Eric Whittier <laughs> Mack. Uh, and, you know, I look there? back, I was there five years. And I look back, and that the we were both you and I were both writing fantasy baseball at the time for CBS Sports, and we were uh, interviewing for the fantasy football writer position that Jamie ended up getting. <laughs> and what a mistake they would have made had they hired us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did pretty good with Jamie. He's all right. Uh, so let's. Oh yeah. So we're going to talk the, about the, the tight ends. Former coworkers we don't hate. <laughs> He's he's definitely one of the good ones. There's a lot of good ones there, but, <laughs> I but know, uh, I'm yeah. But uh, today we're talking tight ends position and uh, how we approach it. Personally, I'm of the opinion that you still have to load up on running backs and wide receivers, and why take a tight end early and have to um, yeah. catch up on those other positions. At least that's how I approach it. What's your what do you think? Well, I think what we've seen in uh, recent years, while uh, the heyday of the tight end position of yesteryear, like five or six years ago when Gronk started coming up and Jimmy Graham was in his heyday, you you needed an elite tight end. But last year we saw um, some revivals, like Greg Olson uh, had a big year compared to his career norms. And then you got some breakouts like Jordan Reed, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyler Eifert, Delaney Walker was solid. Uh, Gary Barnage, uh, there's a there's a lot of depth at the tight end position. And when you look at a position where you probably start one or zero from the whole position, and there's about 20 to 25 guys in a given week that could score a touchdown, um, there's a lot of depth. And, uh, you know, the laws of supply and demand suggest you probably shouldn't burn your draft day resources on the position and try to find the next Gary Barnage. 
And that's our tight ends preview, folks. We'll see you next <laughs> week when, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm going to make a fantasy fat cast food metaphor with tight ends. Mm. All right. So say you get a, a box of, say there's three boxes of donuts in front of you, you know, like a regular mm. Tuesday. And you open up the box, and, and there's some Can it be one of those chocolate-covered ones with white cream inside? There's some chocolate-covered ones with the white cream. There's some glaze. There's some cake donuts. There's blueberry. Mm. And then there's some powdered jelly donuts. Have you ever noticed that the end of – powdered jelly donuts are – they're good. They're okay. You don't they're really know what's inside. You don't know what kind of jelly. Like, if you get garlic jelly, that's never a good one. Oh, raspberry or grape, but uh, you, you never really know what's inside, and, and they're pretty good. So if you ever notice, like at work, those donuts are always kind of the ones left at the end. So yeah. to me, walk up to that box of donuts at work, I go, I see two Boston cream. I, I got to get a Boston cream. I got to get a Boston cream. I got to get a good glaze. I got to get a Dunkin' one for my for my coffee, and then for the second half of that hour, I got to get. <laughs> A blueberry, but anyway, so so to me, you could put a whole cream, box of donuts away in about five minutes, huh? <laughs> oh, come on, eight nine minutes. <laughs> so to me, the Boston creams, those are the running backs and the and the stud wide receivers. You got to get those when they're available, and that's always the first round. They're, that's the only time you're going to get those guys that you know it's a quality donut. Then later on. When there's like three powdered jelly donuts left, you can grab one and it'll do. It's fine. It doesn't, you know, it's not going to be. Now, you know, maybe you'll find one that has custard inside. And then that's fantastic. And you got a sleeper powdered jelly donut. I really do (laughs) think this is something that's going to put our podcast over the edge in popularity. (laughs) Donut tight end theory. You're going to win a Pulitzer for this. (laughs) So what do you think? Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And uh, I'm so hungry you know, right now. <laughs> the the tight end position, uh, you know, for years has been where people make mistakes in drafts because they try to get one a little too soon and they pass up on the re- receivers. And I've been in leagues, and I'm sure you've been in leagues, guys, where the free agent wire for tight ends is a lot thicker than um, the free agent wire wire for even wide receivers, which tends to be the deepest position in fantasy, right? And you can't necessarily, uh, in most leagues, pick up a tight end, uh, a second tight end, and start them. So there, you could use the tight end position, uh, the waiver wire, as your backup tight end, right? So, um, you know, draft a late-round tight end. If he doesn't pan out in a given week, go with the next flavor of the week, and uh, you can – fill that spot and get decent production without having to burn draft day resources. But that's absolutely. That's I agree with you hundred percent. And there's always some dude that's going to end up drafting two good tight ends. And if you don't have a flex where the tight end can be used, he, yeah. he just sees it as a great value. So he drafts them, you know, some right. dude in the ninth round that just should have been picked two rounds earlier, you know, according to Waste him. He'll draft him. And then he's just sitting on his bench and you know, either a, he's got to cut him especially right. come by week time or B he's going to, he's going to try to trade him with somebody. And, you know, it's always one of those, I don't need this guy. 
um, and you sort of need him, so I'm going to try to take everything you have for a guy that was available nine rounds deep. Like, it, you know, it's always one of those deals where he's really trying to make, make up for a stupid move. Um, but for, what I suggest is if you do end up drafting a guy uh, a late tight end and you want to improve him or if he gets hurt or something like that, is to make an offer for a different – to find the guy with the two tight ends. Mm-hmm. Make an offer for another player and try to, uh, you know, like basically get a two-for-one with the tight end kicked in. So you may downgrade at another position, but That's you... That's like a tight end, tight end threesome, two-for-one with them. <laughs> yeah, it's do- donuts. I don't know where to go with that. Um <laughs> But anyways, that's uh, that's always a, I think that uh, unfortunately trading one for two is usually a bad idea in fantasy. You want to yeah. be the guy that gets the best player in a trade, but sometimes right. if you if you're dealing with injuries, sometimes that's what you have to do. But then again, as you said, you could pick somebody up if the waiver wire is is pretty stacked. You can uh, fix your team that way. You'll never find, I, I think, in season that the waiver wire looks stacked at the tight end position because there's a lot of guys uh, in that 15 to 22 range that, you know, doesn't excite you every week. But uh, as a fantasy analyst in football for the last five to 10 years, I've realized those those guys in any given week can score. And the the tight end position, you know, if you get – uh, four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, you have a, a gem there. It doesn't take much to really right. rise to the top in the weekly rankings among tight ends. And they're generally red zone targets. It's rare you're right. going to, you know, you come across a short, a short tight end that's usually, you know, it's usually a big dude yeah. that can go up and, and come down with the ball uh, in the corner of the end zone or the back of the end zone. So that's a good point you make. And I want to I want to do it. I just thought of this from what you just said. I want to do a statistical study. I can't say it, but I want to do it um, <laughs> about the tight ends and the uh, percentage of touchdowns to reception. I I can imagine that the tight end has a high rate of touchdowns per reception uh, among you know the top uh, fifteen or so. Yeah, I don't know because I mean you know a good tight end is six, seven touch or decent. Uh, yeah, but their reception counts are low too. No, they're like 60. Well, I guess one per 10. So if it'd be a wide receiver. Yeah, it's one per 10 for 10 touchdown, 100 catch receiver. Yeah. Anyway, there's, not that, many, there's not that many 10 touchdown receivers, right? How many were there last year? And off the top of my head, maybe a dozen? 19. No, I don't know. I'm not looking. <laughs> well, we we are, uh, you know, awaiting uh, Jamie Eisenberg's arrival. Um, we will go uh, into our next segment. Um, Gonos, do you have a, a fantasy uh, football tool that you want to talk about, or you want to save that for when Jamie calls in? We're going to save that. Okay. Let's do the library. All right. Let's do that You know, now. like the rundown says. <laughs> Well, uh, how would you like to get all your favorite NBA team's merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? Check out fanessentials.net. All you do is pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get your team's gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear so you don't have to 
Each fan box comes packed full with some amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan. Prices start at just $34.99. Visit fanessentials.net and use promo code SCFE at checkout for 30% off your first month. Visit fanessentials.net to get all the essentials you need. To be able to yeah, I just want to mention. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you say the promo code is SCFE. So in other words, so-called fantasy expert. Because if you're not like S. S-C-F-E, like S's and F's always come across weird. So if you just think of S-C-F-E for so-called fancy experts, that's the code, S-C-F-E. Anyways, go ahead. Striker, Combat, Foxtrot, Eagle. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) type all of that in. (laughs) You win. Uh, uh, To be eligible for one free month of Fan Essentials, email email us at Fantasy, <laughs> email us a fantasy football question at fatcast at so-called fantasyexperts.com. What's your, uh, what's your NBA team? What's your favorite NBA team? Well, uh, I kind of bounce around. I, I lived in South Florida for 15 years, so it was tough not to be a Heat fan. Of, and plus, I'm a Syracuse University grad and in passionate love with the Orange and Jim Beheim. So the first draft pick – uh, for the Miami Heat was Ronnie Cycli, uh, there you from go. the heyday of the uh, Syracuse Orange. So I followed the Heat, but now that I live in Boston, it's tough not to get sucked in to the Celtics. And uh, everything in Boston really uh, is very unique because it's a major city, unlike New York, Chicago, um, where it's one team city. You know, there, there's only one team per sport. There's there's not a, a oh, yeah. division among fandom. So it, it tends to be very passionate and very pointed. Now, that's uh, a plus and a negative. But um, here, I, I, I kind of get sucked into the passion of the, the local team. I would think, just thinking of Boston, I would think it's much easier to be a Boston fan outside of Boston. And I say that because yeah. every think of every sense. Boston fan we know that's almost their identity. That oh, that's Boston guy. Like everything he's anything to do with sports is Boston sports, and we you know that's just what we know of him. But in Boston, you're just like every other dude. Yeah, not much different. Exactly. So it's kind of a the farther you away, the more easier to identify as that. Oh, my computer almost restarted. That could have been bad. <laughs> I would have been here talking <laughs> to myself. <laughs> um, well, you'd have an interested listener that way, so you know that's a good thing. <laughs> I might be the um, only one. I think I, I, I'm a Magic fan here in Orlando, and uh, barely holding on. They traded away Victor Oladipo. Um, I'm just not just not feeling it. I was really excited; they had a really good young core. Yeah. And now it's all coming apart. So has uh, Jamie called in yet? No. We are still Solid. waiting the re- arrival of Jamie Eisenberg. I'll tell you what. But, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, I want to mention what we have on the site right now, so-called fantasy experts, uh, yeah. especially dealing with tight ends. This past week, we posted our – we have tight end rankings. We have tight end busts. He's calling in now, Jamie just said. We have tight end busts. We have tight end sleep and tight end breakouts. And uh, the difference between sleeper and breakouts, for everyone listening, this is something we generally – usually try to tell as uh, frequently is a, a sleeper to us or a breakout to us is a middle round pick this year that we think will break yeah. out and be an early round pick next year. 
And then a sleeper is somebody we determined to be a late round pick this year or an undrafted guy to a middle round pick next year. So there's a big difference, big distinction, but a lot of people use those terms um, as synonymously. And that's the case. Not. I remember, I remember the sleeper at CBSSports.com, the guy in the bathroom, he'd be sleeping on the toilet. (laughs) Remember that? Jamie Eisenberg is now here. Remember that, Jamie? Oh my gosh. It's like one of the legendary stories of all time. (laughs) It, It was, it was Gano still, wasn't it? Who was sleeping? Oh in. man, I was just about to flip that on you. <laughs> what was the nickname for that guy? We know I'm not guy? sleeping in there. What was what? We know what I'm was the nickname for that guy? Sleeping poopy. Sleeping, sleeping poopy. <laughs> <laughs> we were inventive. We were creative back then. <laughs> yeah. I always love Ganos' favorite. Uh, my favorite bathroom story from Ganos is not the the Disney poop story, but uh, the uh, singing. <laughs> the singing and the CBSSports.com uh, bathroom. Oh, yeah. I forgot Cooperati. about that. <laughs> right. We were creative. That was good. Uh, yeah, that was my fa- my favorite is the one, the, the little kid peeper <laughs> that he had at uh, – <laughs> All right, I forget where it was. Off, Jamie, we don't <laughs> talk weird. about little kids peepers in the bathroom <laughs> on our fat cast. <laughs> but the one the EMAC was talking about was uh, – when he was working in the newsroom, <laughs> I went into the restroom, and as I'm walking into the to the men's room, I hear someone singing, and I open the door, and they they just stop real quick, and I look at, and there's only one stall being used, so there's only one person there, so I walk, and I was like, uh, I'm I'm like laughing, I was like, uh, everything okay in here? And nothing. <laughs> he wouldn't reply, he wouldn't say who it was, so then. Uh, uh, you know, I, I eventually leave, and and I of course have to go down the hall and keep one eye around the corner. <laughs> See, and it was some some weirdo from the newsroom. Good time. Good time. His uh. name was Eric Mack. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, Gonis, why don't you get us started? Uh, while we have Jamie here, real quick, the favorite fantasy football tool, the free draft. Oh yeah, tool. so so. Each week or each podcast, actually, each one of the fat casts, one of the segments I like to do is a share a, one of my favorite free fantasy football draft tools out there. And this week, in honor of Mr. Eisenberg coming on the show, the CBSSports.com's pick-by-pick preview. It's, uh, it's a really cool idea, and I'm not happy that I didn't come up with it. <laughs> that I, did. I wish I came up with it. But uh, basically, what what Jamie and Dave Richard is his other – uh, fantasy football writer, they go pick by pick through the standard non-PPR leagues and the PPR leagues, and they pick a player that would be available at, you know, if it's it's an article about the second pick in standard leagues, or it's an article about the sixth pick in PPR leagues, mm-hmm. and then they break down what to expect after that, what your team could look like throughout the rest of the draft if you go with that player slash position at that pick. And I really think that's a, that's a creative way and it gives people a good idea and Holy crap, the page views, you got to just be rocking it. Yeah. It's, um, it's something we've done for, for a couple of years now. Thanks for, for bringing it up. Um, it's, uh, it's a little different. We used to combine it all into one pick. So we would do PPR and standard into one particular number, you know, so number one would be, gotcha. you know, for each format, but we decided to break it up this year. Uh, we also did it for the first time uh, in our, um, fantasy football magazine so um that's the second edition that's coming out 
in August or, or later this month or August. Um, and so I'm I'm hoping that the layout looks uh, as we discussed, um, you know, so you can see the draft and also see the the picks as well. So it's it's um, you know really to give people an idea of if you know your draft spot, you know, or once you find out your draft spot, you can kind of you know use it as an outline. Now, obviously. Um, what I always tell people about this is don't necessarily look at the players because there's going to be injuries that occur probably between now and when you draft. Look at the position. And so if you go running back first and you want to go, you know, receiver, receiver next or vice versa, however you want to sort of plan your team, it's an easy way to sort of, you know, use it as a sketch and, and kind of give you an idea of maybe some players who will be in that range and, and uh, just, you know, something that you could maybe follow if, in fact, you're picking six or seven or nine or 12, whatever the case uh, may be. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Uh, and it reminds me of something similar to what I like to do each year with much less work than what you guys are doing with that is I'll do five rounds and I'll do the different combinations. You know, what if you took RB wide receiver, wide receiver, RB quarterback, and then right. what that team might look like or something like that. So, but uh, along the same lines and, and I think people uh, do enjoy stuff like that. Uh, it's, it gives them an, I just gives them an idea of what to expect. Now granted every draft is different. So it's, it's tough to, but to me, this is a little more helpful than just a standard mock draft to look at. Right. Right. Just kind of, you know, giving a sketch. And along those same lines, using that tool, you guys have, of course you said, don't look at the player, but unfortunately it's the only tight end that people are taking in the first round. So it makes sense that we talk about the player. So we have uh, Rob Gronkowski going sixth in PPR leagues and going ninth in standard leagues. And I know that's probably a combination uh, your rankings and Dave's rankings. So um, where do you have him for both? Rankings-wise, I have Gronk uh, lower in PPR than I do in standard, which may sound a little strange, but I think, you know, with the what he does touchdown-wise is, is more beneficial than what he does from a catch perspective because you know he's going to be around 75 to 80 catches where you're going to get some of these receivers that are going to catch the ball a little bit more, and that pushes up their value a little bit. You know, Gronk obviously is interesting now, more so maybe than ever before because yeah, of the Brady Garoppolo. suspension. And and they're right, the Jimmy Garoppolo factor. Um, an easy comparison, you know, to for Gronk now is what he was two years ago when he did have Brady, but he was coming off, you know, the injury, really three-year injury, you know, campaign. Um, and he got off that slow start as did the Patriots offense. And, you know, he put up, um, I think he averaged like right around in standard leagues about eight fantasy points. Um, per game. And so I think that's kind of a, an easy range to put him in with the chance to see his numbers gradually, if not steeply, incline once Brady comes back. Um, you know, the the negative, I think, for Gronk now is on top of the suspension is they've added some more mouths to feed. Obviously, Martellus Bennett could take away some red zone production. Chris Hogan can take away, you know, some catches. Uh, you know, a, a full season of Deion Lewis, we don't know what that could look like for that Patriots offense. So, there's, there's more negatives probably facing him than ever before, along with the fact that there are some other tight ends, I think, that can challenge him a little bit. But to me, he's still a first-round pick. I have him 10 in standard uh, and, and right around the same in PPR. Well, I, I'd like to uh, mention, you know, with Gronk, not only the quarterback issue and all the, those things that Jamie just talked about, um, but the tight end position is one where you have to be a physical blocker, an agile receiver down the field, and to do both on a consistent basis, game to game, with taking the physical beating that Rob Gronkowski takes, and he's a huge target, so the safeties just tend to uh, whack him all over the place, you know, hitting him low, injuring his knee. I'm going to ask a question of, uh, to both of you guys. 
How many 16-game seasons has Rob Gronkowski played in the past four? Well, I think it's none, but I don't know if that's yeah. a fair question given that he's they rest him at times too, you know. So yeah, um, I mean, it's no, he's still getting, a fantasy zero, right? Oh, for sure. No, it's it's it's, yeah. it's definitely a factor. But I think if if there is a year for him to play 16 games, it could be this one. If in fact they get off to a slow start without you know without Brady and, and Garoppolo starting, so um, I don't know if I would view that as necessarily. Uh, a, a huge negative by comparison right. because, you know, A, you're comparing him in the first round to running backs, and we know how that has gone in terms right. of injury. Yeah, yeah. And then, B, you're comparing him to, you know, the the other tight ends that are in the conversation with him. I, I think Greg Olson is not going to get to Gronkowski's level of production. Right. You know what you know what Olson is. But it's Jordan Reed and maybe Colby Fleener, just in terms of right. guys that have tremendous upside, maybe Ladarius Green. I'm, I'm just talking about guys, you know, in terms of Fleener and Green that could take a huge leap. Um, right. You know, right. Reed is obviously the one that a lot of people look at and say Gronk can can maybe be devalued because you saw somebody else put up very good, if not elite, numbers like Reed did right. last year. But if you're going to mention injury, you got to you know Jordan Reed is the is the poster boy for injuries at the tight end position. My answer is zero. Season <laughs> Sixteen games. <laughs> All right, Jamie, we're going to go on to a segment we like to call Grizzle or Sizzle. And then imagine the cool sound effect here that Emac went and got. <laughs> insert, I thought, I thought this was more about. I thought this was going to be another poopster. <laughs> another poopster, <laughs> you know, with that sound he just made. Okay, so this is going to be uh, basically we're, we pick. I'm picking players that we have to decide if they're going to produce better or worse than their current uh, fantasy value, according to ADP on pros. So the first guy, so he's grizzle, which means he's garbage, he's fat, he's the stuff you throw away, or he's sizzle, which is the hot stuff you want more of. So the first one's going to be a 4.03 ADP for Jordan Reed, the Redskins, who you mentioned earlier. Jamie, you think Jordan Reed is grizzle or sizzle at this spot? Uh, there's no in between, right? <laughs> um <laughs> You want to play I think the this, David Richard middle line? <laughs> well, no, I think this is a spot you have to sort of gamble on him if, if you're inclined to take him. But I don't – like, for me, I wouldn't take him in that spot. I, I think I'd rather wait a, a, a round or two. Um, so I guess he's probably more grizzle if if that's the definition. But right. if he's, he, like if good, he, he's like good-tasting grizzle? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like the scene in The Great Outdoors where you have to eat the rest of the steak. You know, that's probably what it tastes like. Um, well, I, I, I think I'm – oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I don't want to interrupt greatness. Go ahead. <laughs> I am in the uh, presence of greatness. This is your time, Jamie. Go to town. Oh, no, I, I just think that, you know, the the risk involved with him makes me so nervous, even though I think if he plays 16 games, you saw what he's capable of. So round four to me for him is just feels a little too soon. But I certainly understand that if you're a Jordan Reed in that camp, that's the spot you take him in. Hey, Mac, where are you having that? And uh, I think when you look at uh, Jordan Reed, you consider the fact he was found in the late rounds last year. Um, you know, there are tight ends that you can get to arrive like Jordan Reed did. And I, I love Jordan Reed coming out. Uh, you know, it's from, uh, you know, Jamie Eisenberg, Jamie Eisenberg's alma mater, Florida. So I love the talent. I didn't love his situation necessarily, but his situation got really good last year. But uh Drafting a guy in the fourth round at the tight end position, uh, you know, 
Jordan Reed himself proved that you don't have to do that to get production. That's a good point. So you're saying Grizzle? Yes. I'm going Grizzle too, and based off the fact that it was one huge year for Reed uh, coming off of injury reels. He's, he's missed, I think, was it 13 games in the past uh, few years? And uh, he jumped from three touchdowns to 11 touchdowns last year. Like, there's just a lot of things that stand out that um, I'd like to see a little more consistency before spending a fourth right. rounder on the guy. And like you I, said, there's guys to be had later. Go ahead. I think the, the, the one thing that's nice about him, though, that maybe changed aside from him just staying healthy is he finally got a quarterback that can get him the ball because he dealt with that whole mess of RG3. Um, and RG3's history, you go back to his time at Baylor, never really had a tight end that he could no. lean on. And then Kirk Cousins takes over the starting job for a full season, and you saw the upside of that. So maybe that's yeah, but you say that, that and and I I understand your point, but you say that, but he he helped Reed break out his rookie season, and then Reed was hurt. So, uh, right. I don't I don't know if I would call it a breakout. He certainly helped him play. Decent. Oh, he was fantastic as rookie. Yeah. Then he got hurt. Well, when he was on the field, sure. But I I think again for he was not as good in fantasy when he wasn't on the field. That's true. That is true. Yes, that's a good point. Um, I, I think that, that, that a healthy Jordan Reed with a full season of Kirk Cousins, we saw what the upside could be, and I think that's what people that like him are buying into. Gotcha. Right. All and right. our so listeners we'll the- just got a taste of what it was like to be me sitting in the CBSSports.com <laughs> fantasy newsroom when Ganos and Jamie were going at it. <laughs> what do you mean? All our listeners have bad breath? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going on to 7.03 ADP. Kobe Fleener for the Saints. Jamie, we'll go to you again first. Yeah, this is my favorite tight end this year uh, of, of the non-Gronkowski value. Um, he's, he's, he's sizzled to me. I, I think this offense is proven enough. You know, clearly most of it is Jimmy Graham, but, you know, what they were able to do with Ben Watson last year, um, the numbers that, that Kobe Fleener put up in the games that Dwayne Allen missed when Andrew Luck was healthy, uh, which means he was not on the field, uh, you saw what he – can potentially get to, which he averaged about 14 fantasy points in a standard league um, going back to 2014 in the four games that Dwayne Allen wasn't there. Um, 50 catches every year for the Colts, uh, doesn't miss time, and Sean Payton and Drew Brees have just raved about this guy. So uh, I think with what that offense does for tight ends and, and where you're able to get him, to me, he's going to be uh, a steal in the seventh round. Sizzle. And how like old – Ronald, I'll, I'll jump in here now. How old is Kobe Fleener? I'm going to guess 20. Five. Oh wait, uh, Emacs asking. Yeah, sorry. I guess I should have guessed twenty-seven. That should always be. The Rob thing. Gronkowski also turns twenty-seven this year, so there are some hey. prime age players. <laughs> well, now, uh, I feel, now, I feel, now I feel complete. There's been a twenty-seven-year-old conversation. Now I feel like we we circle back. That conversation to, uh, does seem twenty-seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm uh, this is on Kobe Fleener. I love the, the offense and the, the working with Drew Brees. Uh, and frankly, he could have been the breakout last year. You know, he's always kind of been on the cusp of being a, an elite fantasy tight end. And had uh, Andrew Luck had a healthier season, maybe that was his breakout year. But uh, it comes this year with Breeze, so I love him in the seventh round. You know what? I had Fleener as Grizzle, but both of you made some good points. It's as if you covered that Grizzle with some chocolate pudding and made it tasty. <laughs> So I'll say Grizzle, uh, but I'm moving the other way. All right, 9.09 ADP, Julius Thomas, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jamie. 
yeah, I, it's kind of the same thing about Jordan Reed. I don't think it's sizzle. I don't think it's grizzle. I think it just kind of, you know, I guess good grizzle, like you called it the last time. Um, you know, he, he kind of is who he is. He's not going to be what he was in Denver. Uh, but he should have the opportunity to score seven to eight touchdowns and, you know, hopefully gets you 600 yards or 600, 800 yards on top of that, which will put him in the conversation to be a top 10 tight end by, by the tight end standards we've seen the last couple of years. So um, he's he's a guy you settle for. I guess by that standard, he's probably, you know, just grizzle. <laughs> um, but, yeah. you know, that's about the spot you're going to find him in, and I think that's the spot he'll deliver that kind of value. We'll remember and, this date as the time Jamie kicked this game in the nuts. <laughs> it shows neither grizzle nor sizzle twice and gave us a new option, baked potato. <laughs> Emac, what do you think of Julius Thomas? Uh, I'm going to say sizzle, and it's only because he's one of the guys that I'm excited to be available late when I skip on the tight end position. So there's a lot of ceiling there. Now there's injury risk, uh, but there is a productive offense. Uh, the quarterback in Jacksonville is uh, emerging to be a threat. Um, you know, there were there were moments for Julius Thomas, not not Denver moments, but there were moments. And having a guy on the board that late at a position that I skipped on, uh, I kind of like it. You throw him out there, and uh, you know, if he happens to reel in eight to ten touchdowns, you scored on your draft position there. Yeah, I'm going sizzle also, and and uh, Emac and I completely agree. Mark the date. We both like <laughs> a player. Okay, so we're moving on to – I love the last. This is perfect. Take last. The finder sleepers. This is our next segment. We're going to squeeze this in before we let you go, Jamie. Sure. Take one player as a deep sleeper at the tight end position. It's a long shot, and I, it basically is saying, who is this year's Gary Barnage? Uh, if you give me Dwayne Allen, I'll take him, but he's probably too obvious based on your description. Um so if if I can't take Dwayne Allen, I'll probably go Clive Walford. I think what uh, we've seen from second-year tight ends over the course of time, that's typically the year that they make a breakthrough, not necessarily a huge oh, yeah. statistical boost in some regards, but for the most part, that's where they start to show their, their worth. And I look at this Raiders offense, and obviously Amari Cooper should emerge as a stud. Michael Crabtree is a very good complementary option, but they still need a third guy. And I think with the way that their offensive line is going to perform, with the way that their running game should perform, a lot of play play action options for Derek Carr, and Walford is the guy that they're going to make that push over Michael Rivera. So um, if I had to take somebody late, that's a guy I would certainly target. Excellent, excellent. Um, I'm going with my finder sleeper is – Jared Cook for the Packers, he's somebody that you're not going to target, but this is the guy that's he's leaving Jeff Fisher. Uh, he's with him with the Titans, he's with him with the Rams, and now he's also trading in Colin Kaepernick for Aaron Rodgers, which I, 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 I like a lot. Um, but going along with uh, what Jamie was saying about young tight ends, Richard Rodgers is there. He's an uh, upcoming young tight end. But I do think Jared Cook has a lot of, um, a lot of looks from Aaron Rodgers as a late, late, Finder sleepers late round pick. He's a he's a guy that could surprise with a new opportunity. Emac, what do you uh, what do you think over there? Well, I, I think uh, you could have gone with your first pick there, Jamie Dwayne Allen, because at the tight end position, we talked earlier in this podcast. You don't necessarily want a backup. And uh, is Dwayne Allen in the top twelve for you, Jamie? He's thirteenth right now, but uh, I'm going back and forth where he could even move yeah. to ten. Um, I want right. to see what Tyler Eifert's status is with his ankle once training camp hits. But I, yeah. I just think that what we saw from Dwayne Allen in terms of touchdowns um, two years ago when he scored eight, 
And now right. no Kobe Fleener. He's in a system with Rob Chudzinski, who uh, yeah. has done wonders with the tight end spot going back to his days at the University of Miami. And so I, I think that uh, Dwayne Allen, with 162 targets gone between Kobe Fleener and Andre Johnson, and uh, uh, Andrew Luck back and probably more motivated than we've seen, you know, since his right. probably the beginning, you know, coming off that injury. I, I think that there's a ton of upside for Allen. So Allen to me is uh, ahead of those guys um, in terms of you know the Gary Barnage conversation. He's more of the Jordan Reed conversation, the guy that you know people right. kind of give have given up on, but now will bring right. back a lot of value where you can get him. And in the similar uh, realm, my finder sleeper is Eric Ebron because like Dwayne Allen. Uh, you know, there, there's huge opportunity there now that Megatron is gone. Uh, he could be a red zone threat. He's been, we've been waiting on him uh, for a few years now. He's a kind of a third year breakout tight end candidate. He's in that range that may or may not get drafted. If your league only selects 12 tight ends, Eric Ebron's probably not one of them. And uh, he's one of those guys that if he doesn't get drafted, he'll score in the first week and he'll get gobbled up. So uh, late round pick at tight end, there's a lot of guys in that 13 to 25 range uh, that you can, you can get decent production out of. And maybe even uh, Eric Ebron produces elite production. And just to go back, Jamie mentioned Clive Walford earlier as a a possible second year breakout tight end. I just want to mention, I I wrote something yesterday on him. His first five games of the season is really favorable schedule wise for tight ends. And then his last 10 games, like week six to, 15 are brutal. So the problem with that is nobody's going to own him in those first five weeks when he's good. Then all of a sudden he's going to get good. And he's going to be a waiver pickup and then he might have trouble in that second third of the season. But uh, one thing, Jamie, before we let you go, I want to ask you, you have Ezekiel Elliott and this is your pick by pick. I know it's a amalgam of the several rankings. You have Ezekiel Elliott going eighth. What, what's your opinion on him in the first round? I think if you want him, you got to take him in the first round. I don't see him, you know, especially with McFadden's um, cell phone, elbow, whatever the case may be, how he got hurt. Um, you know, I, I think without McFadden, look, it's no lock that they're going to carry McFadden and Alfred Morris as well, which I would, I would assume that they carry all three guys, but it's still not a guarantee. I just think that behind that offensive line, you know, they, they made obviously DeMarco Murray, who was a great back, they made him exceptional two years ago. They made Darren McFadden, you know, without anything around him, no Romo, no Des Bryant for half the year. They've made him, you know, back to a thousand yard uh, running back. Um, that offensive line is special, and I think Elliott's uh, good enough, if not great enough, to really excel behind that offensive line. And given what we know about the running back spot, um, he has the potential to be a top five guy. So I would buy into him in the first round. I think it's more of a back half of the first round pick, but. If you, uh, if you are in the Ezekiel Elliott camp, you've got to take him in the first round and probably the first 10 picks. That's a good disclaimer about if you want him, you have to take him there. Emac and I are both uh, in the camp of there's no way we're taking a rookie in the first round. It would be the first time in fantasy history, at least that I know of, that a rookie would have a first-round ADP, which is wow. crazy. Probably dating back to like early 80s of maybe Marcus Allen or Eric Dickerson those might be the only guys that would have been first round picks coming in. Now there's been guys that have rookies that have put up first round value by the end of the mm-hmm. season, but going in to take a rookie in that first round is uh, unheard of. I want to smack a gavel or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's, 
it, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. I, I think, you know, the thing that's helping him is kind of similar to what helped him in the NFL draft, which is, you know, he's so much better, at least on paper, than the rest of the class was, and which is why Dallas took him at four. And I think also, given what happened to running backs last year, that people are saying, well, do I want to take a, a you know an injured Jamal Charles, or do I want to buy back into Eddie Lacy, or you know, do I trust Lamar Miller, or is, you know, Adrian Peterson at 31 going to continue? You know, the, just the question marks that people have, and you see this fresh new guy with that offensive line and all those things that they've done, that people are going to look at it and say, okay, I'm not going to you know settle for the old guard. I'm going to take the the young guy, and I think it would be the same thing if Todd Gurley was coming out this year, you know, and, and didn't have the ACL concern, you know, so if you knew Todd Gurley was a hundred percent as a rookie and you knew what happened to the running back spot last year, you'd buy into him in, in the similar situation too. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if, if he lives up to the expectations, but you know, I think the one thing about it is you're, you're, you're almost drafting Dallas's offensive line as you are. Ezekiel. Right. Cool. Excellent. Jamie. So, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Always a pleasure. I'm sure uh, Gonos will be hitting you up for another visit. Um, yeah, excellent insight from one of the oh, one thing I did want to all ask. of fantasy football. Last thing well, I you. wanted to ask him is what does your cousin Jesse have coming up on the horizon movie-wise, you know? Um, what does he have? He did a, uh, a TV series, I think, I don't know if he finished it or not, where he, uh, he wrote it and um, I believe he directed it. Um, right now he's over in London. Um, he did a play that he wrote and also performed in uh, New York on Broadway called The Spoils, and they bought it um, at a theater company in London. So he's finishing that up. And I believe while he was there, he shot um, his role for the Justice League movie, which is you know, oh, uh, cool. repri- reprising Lex Luthor. Um, other than that, I don't know what he has. He's, he's done, you know, oh, I'm sorry. He does have a movie coming out, uh, Woody Allen film. I don't know the name of it, but it's, uh, oh, that's right. Yep. I remember. It's with Kristen Stewart. So he's got that coming up, I think, uh, either later this year or 2017. That's right. It's like a second or third with Kristen Stewart, I think, right? It is definitely a second. Uh, I oh, don't yeah. know if there was a third. They did, um, Adventureland together. Yeah. Yeah. Emac and I, um, met Jesse. We're talking about Jesse Eisenberg, Jamie's cousin. We met Jesse mm-hmm. at the Tout Wars draft a couple years ago when Jamie brought him around. And it we was also fun. Wa- oh, that's right. And it was fun watching Jesse watch a Tout Wars draft, which is just, <laughs> you know, it's fun watching anybody watch that. But he just had, he was just like, it was like looking at fish in an aquarium like, wow, these, there's species like this? That's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, he, he um, this was, uh, I don't know how, how long ago, it was before Social Network, before, you know, he was acting, but he wasn't at the yeah. level that he's at now, clearly, and he came to do a football draft with me, and uh, just, this was a live draft, it was, um, you know, people were doing drafts online, but we did it live, you know, magazines, checking off names, all that stuff, and he was actually mm-hmm. sitting next to me, checking off the names for me, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy got picked, you know, cross him <laughs> off, and so. Um, so he was yeah, your fantasy lackey. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, 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 I'm definitely his movie lackey, so I think uh, I have a better role in that. <laughs> well, Jamie, thanks a lot for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, again, you know, well, Emac, you run through the whole thing. Yes, you guys are the best. It's always great to talk to you. I miss you guys daily, and um, continued success for the two of you. Thank you. You can find Love Jamie you, on Twitter at, at Jamie Uh We only have 90 seconds left in our podcast, so we say goodbye to Mr. Eisenberg, thanks again. Yeah, that was fun. Right. It was good. He's a good dude. He was fun. Uh, he's always fun for the softball team, which I heard the softball team isn't as fun. 
Yeah, it's struggling. Yeah. It's struggling like our podcast. We didn't even get to the top 10 rankings, the 11 through 25s, our opinions on rookies. Luckily, yeah, they're all, it's all available on uh, the website. So if you go to socalledfantasyexperts.com, you can find our rankings on the website. And we also have, obviously, the so-called Fantasy Experts draft kit. And we have the Fantasy Six Pack Hour with Joe Bond, which is every Tuesday night. Uh, so you got that going for us. And again, just a reminder to be eligible for one free month of Fan Essentials at fanessentials.net. Email us a fantasy football question at fatcast at socalledfantasyexperts.com. I finally got that right. And so nice. uh, with that, we, we bid you have a good, uh, good day. We'll see you on the next podcast, which uh, I'm not exactly sure where we go after tight ends, but uh, uh, it's usually kickers, kickers and Maybe. defenses, a combo okay. podcast. We don't kick the kickers to the curb. You can find us on Twitter at Eric Max Sports and at David Ganas. Thanks again to Jamie Eisenberg. Good day.